Hi everyone, welcome. This is Adam Thackeray back with another episode of the Ways of Working podcast. Uh, Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Jen Walker. Jen Walker has kayaked with monkeys in Thailand, sailed the Nile in Egypt, summited Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. She's jumped out of a plane twice and completed a 50-mile ultramarathon once just to see if she could do it. Uh, She is an athlete all around, and it's an amazing story that you're going to start to hear. Uh, That exuberance also for life extends to her business, where she helps heart-centered entrepreneurs tap into into their limitless power and potential so that they can make the impact they are meant to make in our world. A high-energy perspective shifter with unwavering positivity, Jen's philosophy is that our purpose and passions are a vehicle for massive personal growth and social change. Whether it be coaching, a workshop, or an event, Jen leaves individuals inspired, motivated, and armed with tangible, actionable tools to take and apply right away. I'm very excited to have Jen on today. Uh, We've had a number of conversations um, outside of this podcast. I really enjoy uh, her insights and, and what she brings. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jen Walker. All right, we're here today with uh, Jen Walker. Jen, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure to have you on. Welcome, welcome. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So you run a coaching uh, business, and coaching is very important for personal growth, or at least I feel it is. Um, You know, what led you to become a coach? And perhaps you can describe a a bit of your focus area with that coaching, because there's obviously a lot out there, and a lot of different people do it for a lot of different reasons and and the value provide. But can you maybe you can go into it a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I say my path to coaching and business coaching has been non-linear and non-conventional. Yeah. So I actually started out as a very uh, high-level athlete. So I was exposed, I guess you could say, to coaching at a very young age. So the goal setting, the visualization, like even the breath work. Um, I even coached as myself, Mm -hmm. uh, teams. And so I kind of learned... the art of coaching at a very young age and that led me to the study of the human body mm-hmm. so all I knew was sports so I did a kinesiology degree at Mac yeah and I did not know at the time anything about psychology so I went into my first year at Mac yeah. and started taking electives with psychology and inadvertently did a minor in psychology and almost a double major. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't exposed to this. I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. Um, so that led me down to a path of uh, doing body work. I became a massage therapist. I was a working kinesiologist for a number of years. Wow. So I did exercise rehab. Very I did cool. a year of osteopathy. And throughout this time, I started to travel. Yeah. So I was nomadic for about 10 odd years of my life and I lived in different countries very cool and so when I was there I kind of just scrambled to see whatever work I could find yeah so sometimes that was personal training sometimes that was massage and then in Australia I actually worked as a door-to-door saleswoman very interesting <laughs> and I knew nothing about sales at the time and I was honestly just in there for the retainer so they said two weeks six hundred dollars each a yeah. week I'm like a, a starving traveler I'm like yes let's do that <laughs> And so I took the job and I crushed it. And the nice. reason why I crushed it yeah. is they um, they taught us every single day with a whiteboard before we went out all the persuasion sales techniques. And I had no idea about all of that. So throughout my life, uh, long story short, is like body work. Um, and then my body work even let led me to great mentors that showed me things like Hikomi, which is a body-centered psychotherapy. Interesting. So yeah. Well, so so go into that a bit because there's like I, I want to get back to maybe like what sports you were playing and stuff, but go go into that like tell us a bit more about that because I have no idea what that is. Yeah. So uh, when I was living in London, England, I did this structural integration course, and um, this man that was the instructor, he's actually from New Zealand. His name is Sol Peterson, phenomenal uh, mentor. Okay. Uh, and he kind of took me under his wing, and what he showed me, he he was teaching structural integration, but a big part of his practice was Heikoma. Okay. So it is a body-centered psychotherapy. So you might get somebody to look in, at themselves in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. And so typically as a massage therapist or an osteopath, you're looking for a physical assessment. Yep. And you're looking at, you know, level of, of shoulders and things like that. Okay. What's off, what's what's rotated. Yeah. But instead, you get them to look at themselves in the mirror and say, what do you notice? Oh, interesting. 
And that question being so vague, they actually might go to a physical realm, they might go to, they might go to emotional realm, they might go to mental realm, and you just follow them along those ways. So there's a lot that's stored in the body. Another amazing mentor I had in London, England was a woman from the States, mm -hmm. and she came over and like blew my mind with something called psychosomatic assessment. And she could look you up and down and tell you your life's history. Really? Yes. And, and how would she do that? Like, 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 is it like a process, a framework? Like, yeah. And essentially, she has a really interesting background just from being a very curious kid and individual. Yeah. So she would look at people's patterns in their body. And the best way I can describe this is if we look at our faces, yeah. we have certain wrinkles. Interesting. Frown, okay. Frowning yeah. wrinkles, smiling wrinkles. Yeah. And that shows a story of our patterns in our face. Okay. 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 And the same thing happens in the body. So she was just a curious soul that yep. just kept on looking at people's physical presentations and how they walked and then just asked them about a bunch about their history. But she, she was phenomenal. Like my first workshop with her, she would look somebody up and down and, she, and she'd be like, you have never had stability in your life. And the person, actually, I have a military family. And I, <laughs> and then she looked me up and down. She, like, nailed absolutely everything. And I was like, where, what kind of witchcraft are you doing? Totally. Well, that's that, that's the first kind of response you're going to get, right? Is, like, the, what's the logic behind this, right? Yeah. And she could, to uh, what she did, then she let us know what key indicators she was looking for. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so that we can take it forward and implemented in our own practices so that kind of body work so mm -hmm. I originally went in from a body perspective but it really opened me up of how much then is you we need to do, look into the mind right and so my body work and also my sales because the sales like sparked like the love of like psychology in yeah. me yeah. um and so both of those things led me to more studying the mind, yeah. which led me into coaching. And so what I say with my coaching, my coaching is very, very different because my coaching practice, and as I got more into the psychology of coaching, yeah. led me back into the body. Oh, I see. <laughs> so you've come literally full circle. <laughs> so I do both. So right. there's this um, somatic practice in my coaching okay. that I dive into. Okay a lot <laughs> and, and is that yeah. something that you've built like based on like because you've obviously had a tremendous amount of experience is that something you've taken from all these you know disparate you know sources of information and experience and built your own or is it something yes. that's okay, okay. <laughs> absolutely and it's funny because I, I'll talk to other of, of my coaching peers and they're like where how did you come up with that technique and yeah. I'm like I had kind of have to like search around I'm like oh that's a little bit of Tony Robbins and Vipassana right. meditation like <laughs> like so that's I, great I, I'm a very experiential learner yeah. that's how I learn yeah. best so usually my style is everything that I've I've learned practiced over my life Very and cool. then I cross pollinate to yep. make the style. I like that. It's like yeah. that you're using different mental models and different applications to, to get to your spot where you're at. Yeah. And so, so what was the sport that you were playing? Because now I'm, I'm even more curious. There's like a whole shoestring of things I could ask now. But like, what sports were you playing? Like, I, I, yeah. I, I love sports, so very interested. So I played every single sport under the sun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then my, like, I started skating when I was three. Okay. Like figure skating? No. So okay. I started with hockey skates. Okay. Uh, my dad was a big hockey player, but he saw the sport called ringette. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, if I have a daughter, this is before I was born. If I have a daughter, she's going to play ringette. Right. So I started playing when I was eight. And uh, by the time I ended, there's actually the NRL. So it's a semi-professional league. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had a really great, that, that's where my heart is. Very it's cool. A, a very unrecognizable sport, but. It is. And so for the, for listeners, maybe you can walk through, like it's, it's played on the ice with yeah. skates, with sticks, but it's yeah. instead of having the blade of a hockey stick, it's it's there is no blade and there yeah. is a ring that you you pass around the ice it moves very quickly too because i i've watched it when we've been to the rink before it this sport i always say would blow up if the marketing was better so <laughs> they miss marketing right. it is just a beautiful sport like yeah. it is a i've also played hockey yeah um so i and both sports are great but it's like comparing like um soccer to lacrosse like it's just a different flow to the game 
Um, but yeah, the finesse and the speed of the sport is intense. Mm-hmm. So I played semi-professional ringettes, yeah. lots of national championships with my, my teams. And then I also was a really competitive rower in university. Very good. That, that's really intense. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also um, was um, a varsity lacrosse player. Okay. So those were my three main ones. I also played provincial field hockey. So I was like, what, whatever Did sport. you sleep at all? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. like I was like, I played so much. Like that was my life. That was my athletic chapter right. of my life. Very but cool. I was busy. <laughs> and, and so was that what led you to, to do the, the the races and things like that as well? Like you, you did a, what, a 50 mile ultra yeah. as well? Yeah. So that was really from a totally different story because I, I, when I started traveling, I remember when I moved to Australia and people mm-hmm. were like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm an athlete. Yeah. And it was this old identity because yes. I was not playing sports anymore. Oh, right? I, I see. I was traveling. Yeah. yeah. And so from there, I got really into fitness. So things like CrossFit and yeah. And just boot camps and things like that and then I started running triathlons I started running marathons just because that's really the only thing you can do when you're on the fly and kind right. of automatic yeah right? you put, put on your shoes and away you go yeah, right exactly and then the ultra marathon came about because in London I was actually working at a sports medicine clinic oh, okay um and like some of the best athletes so high uh, very elite uh, high performance athletes professional uh, olympians all oh, the things uh, yeah but my one subset of group of athletes that I loved working on the most was my ultra marathoners. And why is that? Because I, I heard it's a very it's a very unique culture because it is it's a very distinct group, right? Yeah, it is so distinct. So it was I didn't know anything about that culture, um, but it would show through through my patients. So my other athletes would talk about their tangible goals, and they would talk about nutrition and split times, or and you know like training, like yeah. They, really a goal oriented lot as you have to be you're going for the gold medal right yes yes my ultra marathon would float in yes. to the clinic <laughs> and they would talk about the experience and yes. the journey right. and what they learned in their 100 miler to the point where I worked on some of the best ultra marathoners in Europe yeah. and I remember one of them came back after running um this Highlands race, I think it was a hundred miler mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm massaging him. We're just having a chat. He's just talking about how beautiful it was and everything that came up for him when we learned. And at the very end of the session, I'm like, so how'd you do? He's like, Oh, I won. <laughs> it was not even anything that he yeah it like, wasn't the first thing coming out of no. his mouth like a, a, a byproduct of doing it was oh yeah and by the way I, I be, yeah. beat everyone else <laughs> yeah and so that was like what kind of like juice are these guys drinking and like whatever it is yeah. I want some of it so yeah. it was planted in my mind and they also exposed me to a lot of different techniques so something called chi running which is this beautiful mindful practice of running and I've done a course with Danny Dreyer as well okay um so I actually ran a marathon before I met all these crazies right <laughs> before all these amazing people <laughs> and punished my body like my right. body I just assumed it's just not made for running and then I learned something called chi running and I ran a four-hour marathon with no pain so what's chi running? running is it like because there's like that there's a, a story I'd read, like Born to Run or whatever, where they, yes. they have a whole different running style of running barefoot on the, the balls of your feet. So is it similar to that? Not Nothing like it? Like, or, or what, what's the foundation of it's, that running? It's along the same lines. Okay. So it, it's basically using your body mechanics and, and physics to your advantage. Okay. So the, everything in chi running, it, it, it's a big basis with Tai Chi. So you have a very strong core mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything comes from that core. And we with that strong core, so I always imagine like one of those ski jumpers, you know, with that straight yeah, back. Yeah. With that straight core, you just lean. And when you lean. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and you actually re- relax into the run. So your arms and your legs become really relaxed, and you use um, the, the power and the physics of the lean. Uh-huh. And then your legs go back, and basically all you're doing is a little bit of a movement with your elbows. So it's, I'm picturing like the roadrunner right now. It's, <laughs> it's nuts. Like I would run home from my clinic in London and I'm like, 
I can't believe how fast I'm running, how easy this is, and like, um, yeah. Do you, do you find it would take the? Because like when, when like I was used to love running trails, but I switched over to doing bike because my knees would kill from running and my lower back. Yeah. Do you find that that? would it would eliminate that or has the potential to eliminate that absolutely okay. so so the thing with chi running so if you if you're really practicing the lean so problems with the knees is usually when your center of mass you're you're over like your heel striking yeah, yeah. so it's not under you or behind you okay your feet when when it hits so yeah. everything in the mechanics of chi running like suits your body and we are perfectly designed and born to run goes into this as well but we're yeah. perfectly designed and so we have this pivot point t12 l1 where we pivot around and our intercostal muscles our mm -hmm. obliques like it's nuts when you look at the myofascial like wrapping of our body and how right. perfect we are to run so very cool yeah so that led me, so long, long, long story short, my ultra marathons was basically an experiment. I wanted to like discover what these people learned while in, in the trails. And so when I did that, um, mm -hmm. I got to say, I learned a lot. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's not yeah. like you always hear like, you know, life is a marathon, your career yeah. is a journey, like, but you never really have an appreciation of that until you, you receive stories like this, or perhaps you actually go run an ultra, like, yeah. um, and, and you know, you see them like in ultras, they're like eating cake halfway through yeah. it. Cause they just, <laughs> they need so many calories to, yeah. to keep running a hundred miles or whatever it is. So yeah. it's, it's very interesting. The, the experiment part you mentioned, like you, it, you've obviously done a lot of experimentation. You've been a nomad, you've traveled to endless parts of the universe, um, done the sales down, you know, down under. Do you find that that's a big part of your growth? And is that something you use with, you know, your clients or others that you're not even clients, but just, you know, part of what you instill onto others as an important mechanism for growth? Yeah, absolutely. Like we learn in metaphors. Mm -hmm. So I'm also always looking for and encouraging my clients to look for their own metaphors. Mm -hmm. So there's so much in our past that we can outsource and see yeah. to really take into our future. So I found my strength in my ultra marathons. Yeah. So anytime that I'm having a rough go, like mentally or emotionally, I can take it again one step at a time. Right. Right. So. And what's an example of a metaphor like that somebody could use, do you think? Or like, a, do you give like examples of it for so people can kind of, if they're having trouble envisioning it, what that might be? Yeah. My process is typically just diving into mm. the client's history because I think we all have, like, as you notice when you're doing these podcasts, we all have this like robust history that yes. you wouldn't discover unless like digging into it. Mm -hmm. Everyone has this. We all have our own own stories. So that's the context that I always go back to. I, I, and a lot of times though, people aren't great at making those connections. So say mm. they did something in their past relationships and they're really proud of it and it was a hard go and they figured things out and now they're having a hard go in their business. So mm. I'm going to go back to remember when this was happening in your marriage. And right. what did you do? You got really clear on your vision, you know, your why. You defined and you created like a, um, a routine or a pattern. Yeah. And, and that's the same thing. You know, so like just really taking what are they successful and exceeding their expectations with in their life. Mm -hmm. And let's draw it into other areas of their life that they wanted then. That would seem to unlock a lot, potentially, yeah. like emotionally, like mentally, like... How do, how do you find, like, do you find that people have these, like, epiphanies then and and, and you see, like, this emotional unlocking for them? Because I, I could see it as being a, a significant help because you are doing that connectivity. You're, you're helping yeah. bring that perspective, which could obviously be, be quite beneficial. Yeah, when you see it, you can't unsee it. So, right? So when, <laughs> for better or for worse, <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> right? So when you make those connections, you have them for, for life. Right. Right. Um, another thing I do in my practice that um, it makes, I believe, the biggest difference is the rewiring of the, the mind. Mm. So most of our um, operating system, our subconscious mind, is mm -hmm. downloaded from zero to seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that's the stuff. Like, I don't know if you remember anything from zero to seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so usually these are, so they're the things that we witnessed or heard or an experience that we've had. And we make a judgment from a zero to seven year old's brain. So somebody mm -hmm. took my toy. I could deduce that I'm not loved or they deserve more or right. a, a myriad of things. So typically when I'm working with people, I get super clear 
and their goals. And then I ask them um, some pertinent questions to kind of dig down into their core limiting beliefs. Right. And I find that's the interesting stuff because they're quick and nasties. <laughs> you know, like they're awful, awful things that yeah. they think about themselves or other people or right. the world. Yeah. And they need them to get out. And as soon as they're, they're witnessed out, they're yeah. no longer in the subconscious mind. Mm. So then they're consciously seen. Right. And from there, it's really important. I don't know if I can swear, but I always say that. It, it is. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're explicit, so have at it. <laughs> so from there, I say it's really important not to refuck yourself. <laughs> Um, so, so the biggest thing, right, is then owning that, like, oh, uh, I think I'm unworthy or I'm unworthy. Right. No, no, never say that again. Right. Once it's witness, now we need to put a new belief in. So I actually do a lot of things with um, hypnotizing the system. Oh, interesting. And through guided meditation. So we take whatever they're going towards. The brain is, I always, always say, like, hashtag basic. So, right? We yeah. do whatever we remind ourselves to do the right, most. Yes. So I do a personalized meditation for every single one of my clients that they listen oh, to. Oh, very interesting. For Yeah, for 21 to 66 days. So that's typically the time that wow. it takes to rewire the subconscious. And they listen to it with their, their one thing. So the goal that they have to actualize or bring into their business within the next few months, they listen to that. That's rooted in the mm -hmm. meditation. Mm -hmm. Something called their success site is yeah. rooted into their meditation. And also the opposite of their big and nasty limiting <laughs> beliefs. So we take it and I'd say do a process which I call Joe Costanzing it. Yeah. So if anyone watched Seinfeld, basically there's like a series of episodes where George is like, nothing ever works out for me. <laughs> and Jerry's like, well, uh, we'll just do the opposite. <laughs> right? And so Jerry, uh, George goes over uh, to a beautiful woman and he's like, I have no job and I live with my parents. And she's like, great, I love an honest man or whatever. So the beliefs, that's what's really important, that when you witness those core limiting beliefs, yeah. don't just, oh, isn't that interesting for self-discovery? Then proactively mm -hmm. put in the exact opposite and do something easy so that can be an affirmation but more easily than not and that's why i created these med guided meditations mm -hmm. you listen to it first thing in the morning first thing at night when your brain waves are at that state yep. that they're most susceptible within 21 to 66 days my clients are always like you can almost remember the past but you it's like a different lifetime interesting You're like i didn't know why i had such problem being visible before I remember having exactly you're like so it's almost like you've entered into an, a whole other life yeah it is, and it is it's your it's like upgrading the system your operating system very cool so yeah so that that's been a major thing that's shifted um, recently and I I find that more and more people are susceptible uh, it's not susceptible are really um, wanting mm -hmm. this sort of stuff and understanding the brain and well yeah because yeah. it's either for personal growth those that recognize that there is so much more that you have like you know a fraction of the brain that's actually being utilized yeah. and then there's those who are just like well there's a large amount of the population that is unfortunately depressed not because of covid but like before that people hated their jobs they hated their state um unfortunately western culture people just want, want want more or they want what they don't have and so there's all these things of desire and whatever that come about which puts them in that uh un, you know the suffering state essentially yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah we distinguish that as well like um i would love like we before the podcast we were talking about school and yeah i would love 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 to see mo more um emotional intelligence being yes taught. yes and and this is something that like sometimes blows people's minds by when i'm working with clients about emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and just talking about like there's only two states out there mm -hmm. there's a beautiful state in a suffering state mm -hmm. and we have a reaction a response um, either from something external that happens to us or internal yeah and that's just for us to respond yeah so in that moment there might be an action to do and or there might be something that is ready to be let go of so you take a moment you take a pause yeah. you take a breath you see what there is to be doing done yeah is that a letting go or an action and then right. you move then and you you decide and you discern what state you'd like to be in going mm -hmm. forward. So a depression is a practice sadness over and over right. and over again. 
and it's actually like I have no problems with um, uh, being in a suffering state I think a dark night of the soul you discover a lot <laughs> yeah, and yeah. being empowered to know that we are also of choice so right. state and emotions can also be generated by us by either thinking of a thought or just feeling into and right. allowing a certain sensation to appear so just that awareness alone and just um, taking that a accountability and, and knowing that empowerment around your emotions and I always say like an empowered uh, beautiful state is like a radio station so we all know when we we've stubbed our toe and we've had an argument with our partner and we go out and then the jerk cuts us off in traffic oh, yeah. and then somebody buds in front of us in the grocery line and then it's our coworker yeah. right yeah. and so that's a different frequency of state and so there you know getting into different like physics sort of thing that that vibration Mm -hmm. So now they're starting to study this, the electromagnetic field that we emit from our body. Right. Okay, so this is really fascinating. Interesting. So when we're operating at that level, like attracts like, and we're attracting more of that vibration in right. our life. We also all know when we wake up just on the perfect side of the bed, and we just have this magical life full of signs and synchronicities and serendipity mm -hmm. so what's that so i really work into tuning into that state and, and i think that's very powerful yeah. because like people think about it and they you know if you wake up in a happy state you feel better if you get in a bad mood then it's a trickle on effect as you said there's just so many things that can continuously impact you and yeah. you're like oh you know and, and people have excuses and they blame it for this and that but it, it is what you're exuding i find right and so it's very powerful and, and powerful to know that you, it, that every moment of the day you can change. Right. You know, and so really, um, do you want to live in the past or do you want to live in the present and go for your future? Right. And so even if you were a horrible person in the morning, <laughs> do you know, like you're <laughs> yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah, Great. Yeah. Pause. Mm -hmm. Take a breath. Let it go. Go, go into state and or think about your, um, your compelling future think about that goal and then act from that place mm -hmm. in that space. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's really powerful work. And I think, um, that being taught to kids is, would be, you know, everything. Yeah. I, I think so too. Cause like kids, like the whole notion of regulation with kids yeah. is, is, it doesn't happen for a long time. And some kids are more emotionally aware than, than others at a young age. Like I see it just with either our kids or, or other people's kids. And it, it, I'm not passing judgment whatsoever, but it's just an observation that you notice where, you know, what kids do and do not um, acknowledge. And we've, well, we had her on the podcast before as well, actually, Dora, uh, a doctor around emotional intelligence and with kids. And it's usually it's the, the, the parents that have zero emotional intelligence and they don't have that understanding because they, they're, putting that emotion on the kids as well and so that back to is that the vibration piece as well is that the parents then are pushing it on to the kids because of their bad vibrations or because of the way that they're handling situations right like i could see that applying as well yeah with parents and, and kids because i work with a lot of amazing people that want to do good in this life yeah so their kids can see it as well and right part, be part of that legacy and and you know and and so what i always say well i'm like do do what you say don't you know don't tell right. your kids don't learn by what you say they yes. learn by what you do so parents that haven't learned um, the precious tool of self-regulate regulating their emotions mm -hmm. can't show their children right. and allow that space for them to discover how they self-regulate their emotions so, right um, it's a really sim like simple tool. Mm -hmm. It's just not easy in the moment. Right. So if you give yourself space and grace as you learn these things, um, it I believe it would, like it can absolutely change the world. Like we <laughs> oh yes <laughs> we come from a <clears throat> self-regulated um, autonomous point. You know yeah we it just be a completely different conversation that we have with our partners, with our business associates, with everything and, and with business specifically like why is it more important now than ever because of like there is a lot happening in the world obviously with covid but like even before that um people were just running so rampant they would just exhaust themselves or they wouldn't take the time to 
pause or, or take a moment or, or understand others? Like, what, why is that going to be important moving forward for people just because we are in such a state of, uh, of not depression necessarily, but a low state? Everyone's very, feeling very taxed, stressed, and, you know, and, and it's not a great time, but eventually we're going to come out of this. And what's going to be important for moving out? Yeah, I think first we're ready for it. Yeah. So, you know, um, you have to get to this point where enough is enough and then you, you start anew. Mm-hmm. So I think we've had a lot of like toxic models of business and now there's a new wave that want to do it differently. And how do we do it differently? Right. Um, when studying in science, science so I'm, I've been a neuroscience nerd as long as I remember. Yeah. So right when I learned, uh, you know, in, in university and read and digested all the books I could mm-hmm. throughout, like even when I was doing sales and when I was doing my uh, body bodywork work but um it's really interesting to me so like this very interesting realm with quantum physics epigenetics um and neuroscience and this understanding of the brain and what's possible has Mm -hmm. been with us for quite some time okay and really robust information but it doesn't become layman until about 10 to 15 years past the research so why I think we're ready for this is it's now becoming within our awareness. Like, I love the fact that I have, um, I coach a lot of like senior executives that are moving out of their big roles right. and now into what I call their legacy work. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's one realm of my, my coaching practice. And I love those people because they've kind of what I would say, like chased the carrot Right. Like done the things, probably done everything out of alignment to their truth. You know, like things that didn't feel good to like, I want to say your soul. You right. Know? But they're doing it anyways to, to, to progress, whether it be up the ladder or yeah, and make that extra money or whatever it may yeah, be. And totally like that's our society. So that's where we got our praise and accolades. So they've moved to this point and now they're like seeking and finding me to do what I call their legacy mm-hmm. uh, project, which is completely aligned from, with them is lighting them up more than anything. Right. Um, and it's those feel goods. It's the contribution to the world. Right. So I, I've been noticing this massive shift of what we're ready for. And even, you know, uh, I, I coach a lot of women as well when they're starting and scaling their business. Mm-hmm. And so I'm noticing like a big shift. I'm doing uh, business with, well, like with humanity, right? with integrity yeah. and um, not worrying about short-term gains. So those wins yeah. are uh, more concerned about long-term sustainable success. So doing essentially the right thing versus the undercutting thing. And I, I think, you know, it took our, some time and we're ready for this change. Yeah, a few, few decades or <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but I, I can d- definitely see a big, big shift in, like, the types of conversations. And even more so- since mm-hmm. COVID. Right. Because, again, it gave us that pause. And it gave us time to, this is the somatic work, get back into our body. Mm-hmm. So our subconscious mind is actually stored in our body, not our minds. Okay. Okay. So when we feel into our body, that is truth. So there's more intelligence in your heart than your head. So they've done research with this. It's called something called heart coherence. It's fascinating stuff. Interesting. Yeah. And so a lot of us have been uh, uh, conditioned to think only with our head. Um, and that's basically yes. a lot of... Um, uh, conditioning, okay, of what's good, the, the, what, what kind of things you should Logic for. and reasoning yeah. and those sort of things, yeah. yes. But there is actually more intelligence and basically a whole record of everything that you've come in contact with. So think like of a master computer yeah. in our bodies. Right, yes. So when we silence ourselves like how we did in COVID and took a little breath and get, got into our bodies, mm-hmm. our truth started to emerge. So you see a lot of people like switching their jobs and yep. moving. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's exciting. I'm excited about it. Very cool. And so was that part of the drive? Like, cause you have a lot of your, your company name has the word heart in yeah. it. You had a lot of that with some of your entrepreneurial work. Is that, was that the driving force for how things are kind of named or kind of a focus area with some of the practice work you do? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the heart is um, something else. So when I started researching the heart and finding out, so there's signals from the head to the heart, 
uh, head to the heart and the heart to the head, and there's more signals going up from the heart to the head. And so it is, it actually determines how we think. So it's really interesting. It also connects to all your major organs and, right. and your system. So it regulates the whole body. So if you can get in something called heart coherence and the same kind of sauce that like I described the success state, yeah. when you get into your heart coherence, basically it, it shows like it upregulates specific genes that support you. It downregulates others interesting. that don't. It um, synchronizes your nervous system. It regulates your hormones. And it actually accesses higher brain functions in your brain. So for all those that are listening that love using your brain, well, I encourage you to get more into your heart. Yes. Feeling of your heart, Mm because then you can actually access higher brain functioning. Very interesting. I know, right? So you mentioned (laughs) hormones in women as well. And that you do work. And we were talking the other week about this. And I'm going to read it off the paper. The the infridian rhythm. Yes. Um, So go into that a bit. Because we started to talk. And I obviously had no idea about rhythms very much. um, But it was like you said, there was this whole other, you know, series of rhythms that are unfolding and I'm going to let you talk about so I don't destroy it but go into that because it sounds like it's very important and you know with your focus on women women in entrepreneurship and business I I think it's a a very uh, good topic to go through yes and I love that you're giving me the platform to talk about this because this is something that I truly believe every single woman needs to know about it and men need to know about it as well Um, and I'll tell you all about it. Um, I'll I'll kind of go back up and and how I discovered this, uh, because I think that's important. Um, when I started my business, I was still training for my 50 mile ultra marathon. Mm -hmm. I was still working a full time sales job. Um, I was transitioning into picking up like massage work. So that could be my new high uh, side hustle for my coaching practice. And I went out of the gates, I say like Tony Robbins. So if you know Tony Robbins, he has a very masculine approach. He's like, gets into state, gets into state, like constantly uh, mind over matter. Right. Yes. So that was my biggest teacher. I actually did a coaching program with to learn how to coach through Tony Robbins. Okay. So that was my ethos. That was my biggest mentor in the field. So I went out the gates hard. Within a month and a half of starting my coaching practice, I already launched a group program of 30 women. I was already lining up speaking gigs. I was lining up facilitation. I was building my, like my, I had more and more one-on-one clients. Like I went to town. Okay. And then I remember a few months passed and I was, um, had just finished my three month group coaching program and I was about to repackage it and launch it online and Mm -hmm. do all those digital marketing fun things. Yeah. And I was so freaking tired Mm. and I was like, okay, just push through this. And all I've known as a person, especially with sports is push. Yeah, just suck suck it up and move through and suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah, yeah. Like, get you know. Yeah. this is hard. Do the hard work. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so every day I would wake up until one day I couldn't. Oh. And there's this one day where I slept through every single alarm. I think I slept for like sixteen to eighteen hours. And when I just rose from my bed, I was dizzy. Mm-hmm. I could hardly stand up and I was to the point of exhaustion where I couldn't even lift my hand to my head to comb my hair. Oh my goodness. So I cried and I was like, <laughs> I don't, you know, at this point, like I'm not married. I'm totally dependent on my income. Yeah. So there's no stopping when you're that new in business and don't have like a trust fund or something, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you just push on. <clears throat> yeah. So I pushed. Yeah. And I worked as much as I could. And some days I would be at the computer crying as I'm like doing my work. Like I was so physically exhausted, yet so lit up in my mind. Interesting. I loved what I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, I wish my body would cooperate. So during that summer, luckily I say an angel, a good friend of mine came into my life and Mm -hmm. we went on a walk and I told her, like I confided in her everything that was going on, my exhaustion. And she looked at me and she's like, of course, because you're working like a man. (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean? Do tell more. Please expand. And so she started to explain that I'm working like a man and our bodies don't, as a woman, doesn't support that work. And so if you keep on working like a man, you will burn out. 
she at the time exposed me to something um, um, with the moon cycle. Okay. So she's, she encouraged me to start uh, working with the moon cycle. And there's four distinct energy themes to the moon. Okay. Okay. And it's really cool. Like the, the first week would be prepare. The second week, uh, ramping up to the full moon, would be open up, network, get out there, do the social media. Um, and then the fourth week after that is to go more inward. So after the full moon, you, you dive more inward. You do your deep purposeful work. You actually close off loose ends and you do all the to-do list. Mm -hmm. And then right around the new moon, that's actually the time where the energies in the universe is, is like the most still. So that's a great time to check in with your intuition. So this, if I had no, like if I had another option, I probably would have taken it. Um, but this is all I had. And for some reason, like this, these themes really like felt true to me and resonated. So I took my business and I started to follow the moon cycle. And what I noticed by following the moon cycle is that my menstrual cycle actually started to correlate and respond to it. Okay. So what happened was I started having my the same themes, energetic themes that were happening in the universe. Mm -hmm. I started having the same hormonal themes that I had in my monthly hormonal cycle. Okay. Okay. So long story short, I just kept on following this, following this, following this until I did more research into biohacking. And so if you go into the realm of biohacking, which is huge for entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, one thing that we need to know is that most of the research out there for health, medical, fitness, and nutrition is all done on men and women in menopause. So, and the reason being is a good reason. Women in our hormonal cycle, so in our reproductive years, are really hard to study because we fluctuate so much. I see. The problem there being is most of the uh, marketed material for health and fitness is towards women. And in the biohacking realm, when I do dove into that, what highlighted it for me, I'm like, there's no women speakers, what's going on here? Uh, there's not a lot of women yeah. in this realm. And so it led me to um, Alyssa uh, VT, and I digested everything that she has on the subject. So she is considered like um, a, a, the person for female biohacking. Oh, I see. And there's others in that field. So I went deep, deep, deep into that. And I, why I think every single woman should know this, when I teach this, so just even last week I had a small workshop of women um, that actually approached me and they're like, can we, can you do this for like four of our friends? Like right. we, we want this knowledge. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, for sure. At the end, everyone, uh, all the women's feedback is like, oh, it's so nice to know. I'm not crazy. That's, that's crazy that they, they had that, like that such an epiphany and that it, like all, all the biohacking as a guy, I guess I, I just assumed that it was for across the board, but that, that it was so hyper-focused towards men. Yeah. And then that there is this, you know, there is obviously a, a need for it to be focused towards women. Yeah. And it's, it's, you, we need to have that discernment because actually the things that they've studied and there's such amazing research with intermittent fasting, with ketogenic diets, with morning effing routines. Yeah. Okay. So a morning routine actually is great for a male hormonal cycle. You guys are easy. Testosterone cortisol levels are high in the morning yeah. and then they fall in, you know, they in, do yeah. in three or four. And that's why happy hour was invented. Happy hour is to suit men women actually have a much more efficient uh, physiology so we can work longer in the days because we're not on a daily cycle mm -hmm. so we don't have that drop okay morning yeah. routines like I'm gonna go into this a little bit because if there's any women's women that are listening to this they need to know this stuff women we have a more complex brain so our brains need more washing at night. We, we talked about this before and we yes, laughed and yes. you know it's true. <laughs> um, so women on average need 20 minutes more sleep. Right. And during our a two, during half of our cycle, we need even more sleep. Mm -hmm. So just if, can I go into the cycle? Yeah, yeah, have at phases? it, yeah. Okay, so there's four phases in our hormonal cycle. First is a follicular phase. Okay. And hormones are rising. So what that is for a woman is the first day after her bleed. 
Okay. okay. It lasts for seven to 10 days. And in that phase, this is the best time to brainstorm, start new projects, try new things, okay. do your research. Yeah, yeah. So this is a time where women are going to have their best ideas. This is why it's very important for men to know this. So Brandon, my partner here, <laughs> as we come together yes. and we're working, yeah. we even talk about it for the foundry. Right. And so I'm like, this is my best week for ideas. <laughs> like, what do you want? You know, and this is the best week for me to brainstorm those ideas yeah. with him and really do that research and make that discernment of what to um, implement for the month ahead. Mm -hmm. So that's the follicular. Then after that, women move into their ovulation phase. Okay. This is like um, if follicular was the inner spring, so the opening up. Yeah. The summer is uh, the ovulation is the inner summer. Okay. So this is where we can act like many men. Okay, so this is where we can get out there. This is the best time to negotiate a contract. Okay. This is the best time to have drive. Actually, our testosterone is the highest at this point. Okay. Okay, so this is the best time to go after what we want, be outward facing, do the podcast, write the blog post. Did I get the right week? Yeah, well, I'm actually in follicular. And when you reached out, I was going to bump it, but I'm taking next week off. Like, And this is the, the power yeah, of yeah. knowing where we are. Actually, right. you gave me two dates. One was when I was in my menstrual phase. I'm like, no, the heck way. And we'll talk about that, why that was. And the important thing to know yeah. this too, because they actually did a research study on this, that women can do anything at any time. Mm. Okay, so even if we did that po this podcast and I was in a menstrual phase, and we'll talk right. about that later, I could still do it. The biggest thing about that is then know that I I'd be swimming upstream. Right. So it's really about energy management. Okay. Okay, so it would take more out of me during that point, and I would just have to put something more into my self care to to balance that out right. with myself. Okay. So it's just this understanding, like we can't control our external life always, but once we know our rhythm, we can definitely start slotting things into the corresponding time. Sure, right. Whatever's in your control, you, you will manage accordingly. Yeah. And basically it's this like hormonal advantage. Like our brain chemistry changes by 25% for each of these phases. So the... See, that's batshit crazy that that changes at that, that, that rate. <laughs> and it, and that's why, like, I get so fired up about telling every single woman about this. Mm -hmm. um, even right now, I'm doing a video series uh, with my email oh, list yep. on this. And I've had so many women reach out to me, and they're like, this is so funny. I just what did one on the follicular phase uh, this week. This is so funny because I have been all over the place this week. I'm actually in my follicular, and I have all these new ideas. And I was like being hard on myself right. because it's not a typical week and I wasn't getting to work. Mm. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, dive in, Yeah, dive into this space. Cause this is the time where we actually have the, the biggest ideas. So, so follicular big ideas. Then we go into ovulation, get your ideas out there, mm -hmm. be public facing, get everything out, open the F up. Then after that, we go into, and so our ovulation is, you know, three to four days. When we go into the next phase, um, this is usually gets the worst wrap, our luteal phase is right before our period. So it's 10 to 14 days. It's our longest phase. Um, it's when typically women have um, PMS, if they have PMS. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's joked about in our culture, like, sure, oh, sure stay is. away yeah, from yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. And I'm encouraging women to stop apologizing. And I'll right. tell you why. This, this phase has become my favorite. Basically, we turn from an outward expression of ideas and getting out there and networking into inward. Mm -hmm. So our brain actually comes back inward for really focused work. So all the ideas that we started in our follicular and we got out in our ov ovulation phase, mm -hmm. now is time to do the work. So it's a very important time to set your boundaries around what you need and cancel the meetings that are not important. Right. 
So you take away all that busy work in your life, get it out and, and lock yourself into your room and really focus. We have this super rain at this time. So that's the first week of your uh, luteal. And okay. then there's really two parts of luteal. The second part of the luteal is all about tying up loose ends. So leave all your like, um, I got to like order from Staples, like all oh, those like things. Yeah. That you need. Administrative type yes. stuff. I'll label it as the bookkeeping. Yeah. Like all those things that don't take a lot of brain power and need to get done. Do not do that doing, doing your follicular. Okay. Do not do that during your ovulation. Cause you're missing those hormonal advantage right. of that. Yeah. But do it a week before your period and you'll smash those tasks out. Interesting. And okay, you'll yeah. also enjoy doing them. And then that leads us to uh, our menstrual phase, right. which is roughly like five to seven days. Okay. This is a time, this is fascinating to me as well, because this is another thing that women have a, typically a bad rap with, like bad relationship with. Like, yep. oh, this is a time where our right and left hemispheres of our brain communicate the best. So this is where we mm -hmm. want to look at our KPIs. We want to look at our spreadsheets. We want to look at our past mm -hmm. insights and data okay. to make informed decisions for the future. This is the best time to be reflective and it's when women are the most intuitive. So it's joked about if you have a huge decision in your life, bleed on it. So I literally, <laughs> this happens to me all the time. I'll have this great idea during follicular and I'm like, okay, I'll wait until my mind can yeah. see clearly. Right. So it, it, it is like, it is fascinating to me. And it's fascinating that we don't all know this yet. Right. Well, and it, it's very, it's very in in in, in uh, contrast to the, the the nine to five, if you will, of the way, well, at least the Western world, and even in m most parts of the other world, like everyone has different calendars, but everyone has a calendar, yeah. and, and they're punch clocking um, most of their day. So this is a, a complete contrast to that. And it's important to know, um, you know, because our nine to five was structured around a male's biochemistry, mm -hmm. okay, and, and endocrine system. So that's great. Like you, you guys are feeling the advantages of working in your flow day right. in and day right. out because you have a daily cycle. Yeah. So this is why it's so important. And the opportunity is now as well with COVID. So even with uh, people that are, are employed by somebody else, mm -hmm. it's challenging to maybe um, structure your days like this. But now that we have some more freedom and some more independence and autonomy, right. we can really take these lessons. And, and again, what I love about this stuff is it's not like cookie cutter. This is perfection. This is the way you have to do right. it. It's realize these things. <clears throat> and for me, um, if I'm going to a networking event, say like, and I'm in my menstrual phase, mm -hmm. I just know I go in knowing I'm not going to be on. Right. And my ovulation phase, I'm going to be magnetic and I'm going to get five new clients. Like right. I know that. And yeah. with my men menstruation phase, I'll just go and I'll just be there to listen. And so knowing these themes, the biggest thing as well for me, is it's, it's, it's um, set me up for success. Right. Yes. That expectation, that knowing and just really allowing going with the flow. So I, I really, every single woman um, mm -hmm. needs to know this stuff. I work with a lot of women mm -hmm. in business. And one of the biggest things for women is, in business is burnout. We need to take control of our energy management. Okay. And every man needs to know this because <laughs> it's been game changer for me in my right. relationships. It's been game changer for me um, in my working. It's, well, it'd be an awareness thing, right? Because yeah. if you have an awareness, you, it's your understanding of your partner or, or colleagues at work and things like that. And obviously there's a level of privacy and that takes place. But like, yeah, it'd be, be game changing for sure. Yeah. What What about, because there's, there's women who don't get their period. So, yes. so, so how does that work then? Yeah. Great question. Very great question, actually. So it's very important to know that women, even on hormonal birth control, cannot take advantage of this monthly hormonal flow. They can or can't? Can't. Oh, okay. 
Okay, so this is very, very, very important to know. And and if this is speaking to anyone that's listening to the podcast, dive into the research of hormonal birth control. Okay. So there's really interesting research. They there's they actually started to um, create a, a, a birth control for men. And, okay. And a same sort of like oral contraceptive hormonal. Oral Interesting. Con- yeah. And so as they started creating it, what they discovered was. Um, they gained weight, their cognition was depleted, um, they had mood swings, and they actually stopped the study because it was too dangerous. It's the same birth control, that, it's the same side effects that are happening to women. There's also long-term effects of being on hormonal birth control, because as you're on hormonal birth control, you actually don't ovulate. So for health in your future, there's right. long-term studies that show a myriad of things. Issues with that. Yeah. So very important to know, and everyone is of choice and, and empowered mm-hmm. in making what the best choice for them. Right. So if you must be on hormonal birth control, know that you don't have the same hormonal advantage right. in the month. And so what you do follow is a circadian rhythm. So women in their reproductive years, from the first day of their, you know, when they first start their period to yeah. menopause, have two rhythms, circadian and infradian rhythm. Mm-hmm. And women that are in menopause, yeah. they can go back to their circadian rhythm. So they have the, they, they don't have the same cycle anymore. Right. Okay. 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 Um, but both women on their hormonal, uh, hormonal birth control, also women in menopause, also men can also use the energetic advantage of flowing this way if it feels um, like if it resonates. Okay. So what I mean by, like, I work with a lot of women in menopause. And okay. they know this to be true, and they're actually mad that, you know, they're they're angry. That, that they, they didn't, they know, ne- the... didn't know this stuff. Mm. when So they, it's an advantage. Like, it's a superpower. Right. And so now they're like, oh, what can I do? And I'm like, well, you still have this wisdom and knowledge in your body. And so you can still flow. You don't have the hormonal advantage. But the themes itself are really powerful. Right. Okay. Right. And the same thing with men and women on their hormonal birth control. It is the same energetic themes. Like, that's what blew my mind. It's the exact same energetic themes Mm -hmm. that we go in and out of with the moon cycle. Yeah. So if you don't have um, those hormones to follow the infradian rhythm, then just mimic the moon cycle. Okay. Okay. And and people have you, and those people who are in those you know like menopause or whatever they they were able to see or realize value from that or like feel, like feel the difference if you will I guess. Yes, especially um, people that are very um, uh, in tuned and like um, they're like. I, call them like empaths or sensitive yep. to like we were talking about barometric mm. pe- pressure yesterday yep. right yep. so that that's huge like the the moon cycle affects water and we're a lot of water we <laughs> so, are yes <laughs> so the moon cycle affects us some people um might not feel it at all others feel it a lot so then you're feeling the energies of the moon okay so then flow with the energies of the moon and you'll notice like there's uh you know there's a lot that goes on during the full moon right? <laughs> like you know that like there's like wildness that happens and more babies being born and all right. the rest of it more full moon parties and all sorts of things yeah and so it's that outward facing energy right okay so the same things i'll kind of go through the themes follicular would be the same thing as a waxing moon okay, okay? or inner spring um, ovulation would be the same thing as a full moon mm-hmm. or an inner summer. Okay. Luteal would be the same thing as a waning moon or an inner autumn. And then a menstrual is the same thing as a new moon okay. or an inner winter. Okay. So it, anyone can flow with this if it resonates. And I want everyone to be armed with the um, empowerment of knowing that you're, right. if it feels hard, it's because you're going upstream. And you don't have to. Right. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I know, right? I got really fired up talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it meant everything to me. And as I work with more and more women, yeah. it's funny because I wasn't going to bring this into my practice at all. Right. It was just a tool that I was using until I did a talk about it. Yeah. And I did a talk about it and I had like 10 women be like, can you teach me this? Right. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's do it tomorrow. 
<laughs> so, so what are three, so I always ask everybody, so I'm, I'm a big believer in reading and that you get wiser from reading and you know, what, what are three books and it does not like, I, I know you gave me one about, about this, uh, infradian rhythm, but what, what, what are the three books that you would want to give to the audience or tell the audience to read up on if they wanted to, to know more about bettering themselves and specifically on infradian rhythms? Okay. So in Freedom Rhythms, I would totally go and binge everything. Um, Alyssa Vitti. Okay. Okay. She, I believe is a leader in the space Yeah. and through her, you're going to find other resources. Um, Kate Northrup is great too. Um, she has something called the do less planner that follows both the moon cycle and the Freedom Rhythm. So those would be the two top ladies that I would say go and, and digest a lot of their books. Okay. Um, other books that I would recommend though, I, I'll just talk about other things that sure, really yeah, make absolutely. a difference. Um, big time book that's made a difference in my life early in my business was The One Thing by Gary Keller. Okay. And um, it's an amazing book. There is one focus question about really getting into priority. So really talking about the important work. I had this one important question written on my mirror for two years mm. and it plays over in my mind for the micro decisions, macro decisions, um, different decisions in areas of my life. So it was a really powerful book that I think I've read about four times. Over. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that that's a really fantastic book. And the other book that I would lead to is not a business book, but I think it's uh, information that everyone needs to know is Joe Dispenza's work. And Joe, Joe Dispenza's work is, um, um, like, there's a great book called, um, one, one is called Supernatural, I believe, and the other one is like, um, oh my goodness, not, uh, what is it? You Are the Placebo. That's the book. Lots of lots of research, um, and it dives into the possibilities and really shows, um, what is possible in the human body because we have lived in a really tight container for mm -hmm. a lot of years and through neuroscience epigenetics and quantum physics it's really blowing off the lid of everything so there's tons and tons of really interesting stuff in his books amazing all right those are great so those will be in the show notes as well cool. and and where can people uh, last question where can people find you so where where can people best get a hold of you is it uh, email, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever, Facebook. Yeah. The what best, is it? Best place to find me probably right now is on Instagram. So okay. Dive Heart First on Instagram, uh, Dive Heart First Coaching on Facebook, and my website is www.diveheartfirst.com. Amazing. Okay, thank you. That was a lot. I think the people are going to have to listen to this one a couple times, and there's lots that people can go into. So this was amazing, very insightful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, awesome. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate our listeners tuning in and listening to the Ways of Working podcast. If you would like to learn more about Ways of Working, including all previous podcast episodes, please go to www fac.ca so that's t-h-a-c-k.ca where you can find all of our podcast episodes as well as there's blogging and other articles and we would love to hear your feedback so please uh, provide that whenever possible we always greatly appreciate it so thanks so much everyone